welcome to Sparks of History. Joining us today is still a fool who has been dubbed Israel's top marketer, having worked with global companies such as Google, Oracle, Microsoft, and Nike. In the aftermath of the horrific massacre here in Israel on October 7th, Hillel has been at the forefront of the social media war, advocacy on behalf of Israel and world Jewry. Thank you so much, Hillel, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, just, I'm going to start off with just a, a, a few questions, and we'll take it from there. Uh, how do you, or, or really any of us for that matter, make an impact when it appears that we're being vastly outspent on social media platforms? Who is the audience that, that you are addressing? Um, why is X, I still think of it as Twitter, why, why is that um, a preferred platform? And um, third of all, we're witnessing an incredible shift here in Israel in terms of unity and people coming together. How do we and should we unify the efforts um, of advocacy on behalf of Israel? All right, so let's do this one by one. What was the first question? <laughs> the first one was, how do you, how do any of us make an impact um, in, in the social media space having been so vastly outspend well for starters i think we have to define the goal is the goal to outnumber them because that's never going to happen is the goal to you know spread worse lies than them and vilify our enemy with things that never happened because then we'll never win that war so i think we have to define what impact is and the way i view impact is every single mind that's changed that every single you know set of eyes that are opened to you know the the actual facts and the morality on our side and the lack of morality on the other side. And, you know, I think the truth at the end of the day will prevail. And it already is. We, we, we are seeing a shift. There's no question about it. Um, but I think if we define impact as, you know, person by person, spreading the truth, educating others, um, you know, then, then yeah, we can, each of us can have a tremendous impact. Um, you know, on my end, my, my posts on X are getting close to 200 million impressions since the beginning of the war. Um, and thousands and thousands of messages from people saying, Wow, I just I had no idea that that's what Zionism was. Wow, I had no idea that, you know, the Palestinian population grew 600 percent under Israel. Wow, I had no idea that there are Arabs in senior roles in Israel. It's, it's just a matter of opening people's eyes. They just aren't aware of the facts. They just don't know that they're ignorant. And so I think if we view it like that, where we can help change minds one by one, then I think it, you know, I think it's very easy, not maybe not very easy, but I think it's very doable for each of us to have an impact. Uh, what was the second question? <laughs> um, who is the audience, which I think you've, you've obviously touched upon, and, and why is X a preferred platform, and what other platforms should people be uh, trying to do um, some of the things that you were doing? Yeah, so I think it's a good question as far as the target audience. Um I mean, if you'd ask me, I think uh, the way I see it is I categorize people into three groups. Uh, group number one is, you know, our side, right? Group number three is the other side that, you know, are lost cause, and I completely write them off. The people that send me Heil Hitler and those kind of crazies, uh, and those people are not listening. And so, you know, don't waste your time on them. Uh, and the big group that I believe is our target audience is the middle, which is people, like I mentioned before, who just simply don't know and are willing to listen and listen to and, and hear. Um, it's important to emphasize that the first group, as in ours, 
we also need strengthening, right? We also need quote unquote ammunition to be able to debunk the lies that people are presenting uh, to us, you know, and the lies are, uh, you know, infinite, endless. Um, and so I think the first two groups are our target audience. One is giving our side, quote unquote, the ammunition to know the facts uh, and, you know, present them. And the second group, which is people that just simply don't know at all, uh, to give them the history of the conflict, to give them, you know, actually, it's, the way I see it, it's to, it's to provide moral clarity because the world is just so morally bankrupt. So I think uh, that would be, uh, you know, the mission is to provide moral clarity to the first two groups. And what was your third question? The, the, the third question was, oh, we talked about um, X. X, Twitter. Right. 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 So, uh, you know, I think there's not a right answer to what platform we should be on. Some people are more comfortable on Facebook. Some people are more comfortable on LinkedIn. If you'd ask me and what works for me, I think X is is definitely a balance of, A, the most, um, I would say, effective, um, you know, place to have dialogue, but it's also the lowest barrier to entry. Meaning, you know, <clears throat> I'm not saying, you know, Instagram is not uh, extremely important. Of course it is. In fact, TikTok might be the most important, but for you to have a successful TikTok account, there's a high barrier. You need designers, you need video, you know, videographers, editors, etc. Whereas in the X, you know, you could open an X.com account and start tweeting immediately with absolutely no barrier. So I think to balance those two things, a you know, ease of use uh, combined with with the fact that it is a very central platform in terms of the dialogue and the conversation. Uh, to me, it's a clear choice that that is um, you know the most effective platform. And I can say on a personal level, you know. I think my LinkedIn posts uh, since the beginning of the war have gotten less than 10 million impressions, seven or eight million, I think. Facebook's about five. Instagram's about six or seven million. And and Twitter's 180 million. So I think the numbers speak for themselves. Okay. And, and the, the issue of unifying, um, you know, again, unity here in the country, which has been remarkable, incredible. Hopefully it stays. And, and in this social media war, should we be unifying the, the the different voices on behalf of Israel. I mean, listen, the unity that we're seeing, you know, is is biblical. You know, I have no other way to describe it, right? I mean, the contrast between what was a few months ago in this country and now is could not be, you know, more obvious. Um, it's it's pathetic, literally pathetic, that we needed Hamas to unify us. Um, but, uh, you know, I want to hope that when this is over and Hamas is no more, that we maintain that unity. Um, I think, you know, I think it's very important that Jewish people are u unified, but I think that let's not forget that in every generation and in every, you know, um, you know, exile or every salvation, let's call it every time God performed and stepped up and, you know, helped us get out of whatever we were in, there were always the Erevrav, there were always the, you know, the people that did not, um, leave Egypt or the people that did not want to go into the land of Israel or the people that did not want to jump into the sea. Uh, and so there are, you know, in, in today's generation, in this war, there are same thing. There are, I don't know, not gonna, no, definitely not millions, but there's, there's a group, there's a nice group uh, of Jews who have lost their moral compass completely. Um, and like every other exile that the Jewish people were part of, they are trying to out-American the Americans, right? Who are the most liberal people in America today? It's the Jews. And that's the same thing with Nazi Germany. They were trying to out-assimilate, you know, out -assimilate, out german the Germans and out-Greek the Greeks and out-Roman the Romans. This is what we do. And as soon as we assimilate and we say to the, 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 the people, you know, or the, the country that we're in, we're just like you, 
the country has to remind us that we're not just like them. And the way they do that is, some, is something called anti-Semitism. Um, and so today we're seeing that. Assimilation in America and around the world has been staggering. And now we're seeing the world is reminding us you're not just like us. You might march in human rights protests and you might, you know, fight for the Palestinians and you might even, you know, treat a mad, you know, a terrorist, a mass terrorist in your hospitals and, and, and help them survive a brain tumor. But it won't help because he's going to turn around and stab you in the back. And that's what they do. And that's what we have to wake up. And so unfortunately, there are many Jews around the world today who have yet to internalize that they are not just like, you know, the people around them. Um, and so I don't know that I would necessarily uh, allocate resources to those people who are, as far as I'm concerned, so, so ideologically lost and even indoctrin indoctrinated. Uh, to me, you know, as a human being with finite resources, I think that, you know, those people, as far as I'm concerned, are low on the list of people that I need to dedicate time to. As sad as that is, by the way, it's a very sad thing to say, but I just and, think it's important. And unifying the resources, in other words, you know, you know, everyone, everyone has their skill set, everyone has their strengths and weaknesses. Uh, is there a way to unify, or is it just everybody doing, you know, staying on message, doing their thing? The government does its thing, you know, this organization does its thing. Obviously, you're doing incredible work. Should should there be an effort to bring everyone together on this? Of course, 100%. And there are many efforts, whether it's WhatsApp groups, whether it's forums offline, there are many, many initiatives to unify our advocacy. Um, to me, the biggest challenge is not necessarily what platform to be on or what images to use. It's more of what is the narrative? What is our story? What are we telling the world? Are we telling the world that we're the victim? That's not a very good narrative because once we no longer are the victim and, you know, then then what? Then what's our narrative? Or is the, the narrative of the Jewish people online today... Uh, oh, look, everyone hates us. Not a good narrative. <laughs> no one cares. If everyone hates you, then no one cares that everyone hates you. And, you know, the double standard, which I myself, you know, obviously tweet and post about because it, it is infuriating. But is that the most effective narrative? Doubtful. So the, the big question is, what is our narrative? What is our narrative? And so to me, uh, my narrative online has been twofold. One, um, one uh, you know, just basically fighting misinformation and... Um, spreading accurate information as close to real time as possible, which is extremely important. And the second thing, maybe more important, is spreading positivity and optimism and helping the first group, us, uh, keep our heads up. And I, you know, I got to tell you, literally right now, as we're speaking, I'm in the middle of writing a post, um, which I just heard in a video from a soldier. It just it, it's such it changed my entire perspective because. Yesterday, for example, I was completely burnt out. I, I could not open my Twitter. I was like, "This is, I, I'm losing my mind. These people are nuts. There's nothing I can do. I'm, I'm, I give up. Not really, but I was very burnt out. Yeah. And, you know, deep down, subconsciously, I, I probably thought to myself, you know, that, that my exhaustion is a weakness. Like, come on, Hillel, get up. Like, people are waiting for you. Like, people are depending on you. And and that upset me. And, this, you know, this isn't the first or second time this has happened in the war because it's this whole thing is exhausting. Um, and so, I, you know, I kind of felt like, OK, that exhaustion is a weakness. But this, this soldier pointed something out, which, wow, I never thought about this. Who else was exhausted in war? Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't hold his hands up. He was just exhausted. He couldn't hold his hands up and he needed his brothers to support him in that moment of exhaustion. And he did. And he turned to them and they held his hands up. And I think that, you know, he th this is not. You know, it's not a coincidence that that was the war of Amalek. I think, you know, that is what Amalek's all about, is exhausting us. 
right? It's just exhausting us. And I think that that's what these enemies are doing to us today with their lies and their poison and their incitement and their just endless hatred of Jews. It's just like, I'm exhausted. But we won then and we'll win now. And uh, I think that we can learn a lesson here from the greatest leader in history. If Moshe Rabbeinu was exhausted during war and he managed to ask for help, um, I think we can do the same. Take us back. Um, how did you deal with that false narrative, the pernicious false accusation that was promoted that um, it was the IDF uh, that bombed the hospital in Gaza and it took you know a little bit of time for the truth to come out? And how how did you deal with that? I mean, uh, I was fortunate. I am fortunate to have uh, access to very um, let's call it not confidential, but real-time information from government officials and from the IDF, who I work very closely with. And I knew uh, well before the press had uh, uh, reported it that this this hospital was bombed, and I knew it wasn't the IDF. And so I tweeted it, and I said, heads up, you're about to hear about a hospital being bombed in Gaza, and you're going to be told it was Israel, and it wasn't Israel. And that tweet got millions of impressions. And so by the time the propaganda machine kicked into action and everyone was being told it was Israel, those hundreds of thousands of people who saw my tweet were prepared and knew not to eat up the propaganda. Now, is that you know global impact? Did every person see my tweet? No, but hundreds of thousands did. Um, and so that, again, is, is brings me back to my mission, which is fighting this information, spreading, you know, accurate information as real time as possible. And that was a perfect case study. And that, to me, was very effective. In, in speaking the last couple of days to a number of, of friends in, in the United States and America, two things kind of uh, struck me. Uh, one who's in education said that um, their students who were now at the university campuses are, are terrified. They're, they're basically in their rooms, afraid to go to the kosher dining hall, trying to pick which classes to go to that they won't be confronted. Now, that's one conversation. Second conversation is it was with a, uh, a, a, a very good friend of mine who was one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet, and he's packing a gun then. And, and you're hearing, you know, communities where they're buying guns, they're packing guns in America, What's your specific message to American Jewry? It's um, it's a, it's a complicated question because, you know, I can't. I'm not going to pretend that just getting up in the middle of your life, packing up and heading to Israel is like an easy thing to do. It's not easy. It's not trivial. And you know, I I, uh, I can't judge anyone who doesn't do that. Having said that, um, if we're going to be uh, you know, honest with ourselves and we're going to have integrity. Uh, I wouldn't even call it integrity, just intelligence. You know, we would open history books and we would see um, how this how this is going to play out. And, you know, I don't think we're going to have the luxury of waiting a few years for the rhetoric to lead to actual extermination of Jews, which is what it took in Germany, because here October 7th happened. And by November 7th, the, the rhetoric turned into actual violence. And so things are moving very fast. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, if you're, you know, while you're there in the States and in, in Europe, uh, obviously you have to, you have to defend yourself, but just, I need to think everyone should start internalizing what we, what many of us knew for forever, which is that is not your home. And it might seem comfortable till a month ago, but now, you know, as predicted, it 
turns and, and, and reverses and, and goes 180, which is what it does always throughout the generations. Um, and so I could say to my, my brethren and my, my brothers and sisters around the world, do what you got to do over there, but, but be prepared to get on a plane because things are not going to get better. Things are going to get a lot worse and very fast. Uh, any concluding thoughts um, that you'd like to, to share with our listeners and viewers? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, something that I heard from uh, from Goldberg really sums it up perfectly. And he said about the pasuk in uh, Lech Lecha that Hashem, God says to Abraham, "Leave your leave your ta- leave your home, leave your family." And then he says, very interesting verse. He says the words "Those who bless you, as in the Jewish people, will be blessed. Those who curse you, you would expect the Torah to say, I will curse. But it doesn't. It switches language. It says Aor. And so Rav Goldberg said something. I don't remember in, who, in whose name he said it, but he said, this is the way to read the Pasuk. This is the way to read the verse. Those who stand by you, the Jewish people, in your darkest hours, those who give you support, those they will be blessed. Those that get in your way, those that get in your face, those that don't choose your side, or we'll see your light. We'll see your unity. We'll see what you do for each other. And your light will extinguish their darkness. To me, that is what it's all about. It's about continuing to shine our bright light through all of the things that we're doing, whether it's online, offline, whatever it is, um, because at the end of the day, that's the best way to get rid of darkness. You know, you got to fight darkness with light. And I think that that's what we're doing. I think that's what we've always done. And I want to hope and believe that we maintain and sustain that light even after Hamas is no more. Amen. Again, uh, thank you so much, Joel, for, for your time today. And Mechayel Mechayel, you should go from strength to strength. And um, we should see a, a speedy victory, total victory in the days to come. Amen. Thank you for having me. Thank you.